Welcome to the Yadkin Examine. My name is Jonathan Gaylord, the pastor at Yadkinville United Methodist Church. And the Yadkin Examine is a weekly podcast where every Monday we will take a moment to reflect on the past week, give thanks to God, and seek strength for the day and week to come. The Examine comes out of a technique described by Ignatius Loyola and is still practiced by Jesuits twice daily. We've adapted it here to help us reflect on the events of our lives and discern God's presence and will for us. We will use prompts for self-reflection from various sources, like the 22 questions John Wesley and the Holy Club at Oxford would ask themselves daily. In addition to that, you will hear an excerpt from Sunday's sermon, and we'll draw some reflection questions from the sermon, our worship, and the scripture text. The reflection questions are listed in the show notes below, and you may want to copy them so that you can write out your answers as a journaling practice. As we prepare to pray together, I invite you to take a moment to center your body, heart, and mind for prayer. Maybe through taking several deep breaths, finding a comfortable posture, anything that helps you to be present to the Holy Spirit in our midst. And now let us begin with an excerpt from the March 6th sermon on 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 1-12, through 12, preached by me, Jonathan Gaylord. And so Paul writes to them, you know, God's got this. Jesus is going to show up. Jesus is going to come back. Christ will return. And you can kind of get this sense from a lot of different passages of Scripture that there was kind of a movement within the early church of, well, God's coming back, Christ is coming back so soon, it's not worth it for us to do anything. You know, we've gotten to this point where we're holy, we know we're okay, and now we're just going to wait. We're just going to wait for Jesus to come back and live in the kingdom. And Paul is like kind of fighting two different extremes here. He's saying, you know, Jesus is going to come back. The people who have died, we're going to be with them again. We're going to be together again. This is our hope. This is our promise. This is what Christ has given to us. We are going to be together again. And live your lives so that you're still moving forward. Live your lives together. That's why he tags on that verse. Live a quiet life. Work with your hands so that you can behave properly to outsiders and be dependent upon no one. Because Paul said, wants his communities to understand, like, yeah, Christ is coming again. And we kind of see his language shift the farther away from this point we get into the future. We see his language shift. But at this point, Paul's like, you know, Christ's return, return is imminent. But that doesn't mean we get to stop. God's grace for us here and now is given to us through the person of Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean we don't have to live a holy and distinctive life pointed and oriented at God. That doesn't mean we get to just give up and wait. Sometimes in any church we we can kind of talk about heaven like you know, I'm just trying to slide into home. I'm just trying to claw out just enough to get to get into heaven when I die. Like, if I can do just enough, if I can be just good enough, if I can just slide in under the radar, everything will be okay. And Paul is essentially saying to the church in 
Thessalonica and saying to us now, that's not how it works. God saved us, and now we get to keep going. God has shown up in Christ, has given us this passion and this power, and now we get to work and move and love in holiness. We get to be a people who are set apart because our entire lives, our entire beings are pointed at the truth that Jesus Christ is with us and that Jesus Christ saves and has saved and is saving. Our truth, our power, our grace, the mercy that's been poured out upon us tells us that God is still at work in our lives and in our world. So Paul tells the church in Thessalonica, don't give up. Yeah, the people have, people have died. And the promise of Christ is that we will see one another again. And Christ is coming. Christ is coming, but that doesn't mean we get to sit and rest on our laurels as we are now. Christ is coming, that means we need to go and tell the world and say, there is one who will liberate and save and free, and we are a community of that right now. We are a community of people who support and love and hold one another up. It's all, all a response. A response to the Holy Spirit. A response to what God has done and is doing. A response to the fact that Jesus Christ has shown up in our lives. And so Paul tells the church, you guys are doing great. You've turned aside from idolatry. You've given up your, your pagan ways and you've focused your life and your energy on Christ and loving one another. Do not ever stop. Keep loving God and keep loving each other. God, help me to look at these past days through your eyes and not merely my own. As we pray, review your past week. Where did the Spirit move? What from the past week are you thankful for? Consider these questions from John Wesley's 22 questions. Do I thank God that I am not as other people, especially as the Pharisees who despise the publican? Is there anyone whom I fear, dislike, disown, criticize, hold a resentment toward, or disregard? If so, what am I doing about it? Do I grumble or complain constantly? Is Christ real to me? As we look forward, ask yourself these questions from the sermon. What does it mean for your life that holiness 
is not a destination. Is your life quiet? What is the next step you can take in love? Almighty God, we pray for your forgiveness where we have fallen short. We pray for the righteousness to follow Christ with all that we are. We give thanks for your grace that we are loved unconditionally. And we pray for the wisdom to see the Holy Spirit's movement in our hearts and lives. As we prepare to return to the business of the day, may we reflect once more on 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 1 through 12. Finally, brothers and sisters, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you learn from us how you ought to live and to please God, as in fact you are doing, you should do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from fornication, that each one of you know how to control your own body in holiness and honor, not with lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one wrong or exploit a brother or sister in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, just as we have already told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. For God did not call us to impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever rejects this rejects not human authority, but God, who also gives his Holy Spirit to you. Now concerning love of the brothers and sisters, you do not need to have anyone write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. And indeed, you do love all the brothers and sisters throughout Macedonia. But we urge you, beloved, to do so more and more, to aspire to live quietly, to mind your own affairs, and to work with your hands as we directed you, so that you may behave properly toward outsiders and be dependent on no one. Thank you so much for praying the Yadkin Examine as you go out into this week. I encourage you to keep praying and to keep considering those places where you can find growth in God. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach me at pastor at Yadkinville UMC. And until we meet again, God bless.